0: Guys, it's it's great to be here. it Really is. Um, like Pastor said, uh, my name is Eric Spence. I'm gonna have my wife stand up, Amy. Some people think she's my daughter, but she's really not. Okay, just to clarify, I just uh, she preserves well. Okay, so we've been married for what? 20 years, honey? 20 years. I should know that as a as a husband. So, uh, Madison, my oldest daughter, 17 years old. She's headed off to college here in January. Yeah. And then Jordan, my son, 14, you're going to see him here shortly, he's going to help me out this morning. And then Autumn, my youngest, and uh, who just turned 13. So, And we're the Spencer family, and God has called us through Republic of the Congo. And uh, really what I want to do is I just want to share with you this morning about how we got to where we are, because I'm 45 years old, and all of a sudden I decide that, hey guys, it's time to sell the house and sell the bikes and get down to one pair of clothes and we're going to go to the Republic of the Congo. So kind of a drastic change uh, for our lives, but uh, it's God's call and it's a powerful thing. And that's really what I want to share with you this morning. Um, I've been in the military for 25 years. I've deployed twice, once to Iraq, once to Afghanistan. And uh, it was really this most recent deployment in 2006, 2007 to Afghanistan that that made me really start thinking about what is the purpose for my life. What is the purpose for my life? Because I, was, I did something really weird. It was part of an embedded training team with the Afghanis. So it was me and another American, and we were assigned to a you know, a Kandak of Afghanis, which is really kind of a battalion-sized element of anywhere from three to 400 Afghanis. And we were living with them, and we were going out on our missions with them and, and did everything with them. It was a pretty wild time when you're living with people from a completely different culture when you don't know their language, you don't know why they do what they do, or why they... Yeah, it's it's completely different. Completely different. But I learned that, um, you know, as you build relationships with people, they want to know about you. And it was a very powerful time because I they wanted to know why I believed what I believed, and I wanted to know why they believed what they believed. And as you build relationships, you get a chance to share Christ. And so they got a chance to realize that you know the Americans are not necessarily the great Satan as as we are often known as over in the Middle East, but yet we're parents and fathers just like their parents and and fathers and. And that's cool. That's neat when you get to share at that level as you build relationships. And, and so as I got to, to do that and I got to experience that, it it reminded me of, of an experience that I had almost 30 years ago. Uh, you know, I grew up in Washington State. Is there any Washington State, Pacific Northwest people, Seattle Seahawks fans in the room? Uh, can, we, can we have the altar call, Pastor? So. Okay, so anyways, I grew up in Yakima, Washington, and I grew up in a conservative Baptist church. How about super conservative Baptist? Anyone? Got one. Okay. How conservative were you, your, your church? Okay, all right. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's good. That's good. Okay. Our church was, I mean, it was suit, tie, women dresses. If you walk through the, you know, the, the front door, we had the ushers checking to make sure it was a King James version. So, Bible. That's how we were. And, and, and that's pretty darn conservative. Probably much like yours. So, but I loved that. And that's how I, I grew up because they, we memorized scripture. I mean, we knew what the Bible said. And it was as a teenager when I was 15 years old, it was where I was saved, right? It's, and it was where God had Called me into full time service. And I didn't really know what that looked like, but I do remember it very specifically. Okay? But as a young teenage boy, I decided that. Uh, I had other plans, okay? So I joined the Marine Corps in 1988, you know, deployed to the first Gulf War. Some crazy things happened where we had to breach two minefields to get into Kuwait, and and uh, I made a deal with God. Anyone ever make a deal with God? Get me out of this, and and I'll serve you, okay? So that was that's it in a nut roll. I made a deal with God, he got me out of that situation. We lost one M1A1 tank out of our company, and, and no one was hurt, praise the Lord. Uh, but we got back. I decided I was going to go to Bible school. Went to California because that's where every good Baptist on the West Coast goes to Bible school. And uh, I was out there and, and, you know, headed into pastoral ministry. And uh, the school started having financial problems, so I transferred back to their sister school in Springfield, and I was doing working full time in the evenings at a hospital, and uh, you know just going to school during the day, working at night, and I met my wife Amy, and Amy uh, decided that uh, you know she was well, who's married in the room? all right all right good 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 all right good glad to see none of you out there married yet all right so okay so here here's the way i knew that amy was the one for me okay she was the only girl that would go out with me twice all right <laughs> and so that's how i discerned the call of marriage on my life you know she was the only girl that would go out with me twice so i caught her in a weak moment of that second date and i said hey you want to marry me and and she was like, Well, I don't have anything else going on, so why not? I didn't. <laughs> so so that's our life in a nut roll. It's worked out pretty good, twenty years, and and three great kids, and and we are blessed. We are blessed. But how many of you believe that God has got a purpose for each and one of your lives? Okay? And, and that's really what it is. It's about finding the purpose that God has for each and every one of our lives. I'm gonna ask my son Jordan to come up, share a little bit about the Congo itself.
1: Well, uh, I guess like Dad said, my name is Jordan, and um, as you guys know, we're missionaries to uh, Congo and Africa. And so you see Congo is kind of on um, the west coast of Africa, kind of underneath the little dip over there. And um, we, we'll our ministry focus will be in Congo Brazzaville. And Bra- Brazzaville is the capital city. There's about two, two major cities in Congo. There's Point Noir and uh, Brazzaville. In Brazzaville alone, there's fifteen thousand orphans, and eleven thousand of those orphans live on the street because uh, there's just not enough rooms in the orphanages. And um, it's going to be our main focus because uh, there's most of the middle class population has been wiped out due to like AIDS and genocides and wars and stuff. And so you got you know really young people taking care of younger people, and uh, there's just there's just no middle no middle class. There's uh, limited and virtually non-existent healthcare. I think there's one doctor to every 10,000 people. So, it's it's really bad. Um, uh, like I said, it just kind of marginalizes the uh, the value of children. They think like if children can't help you with your job or do something, you know, to be profitable, then what use are they? And they just don't understand the next, you know, that they're the next generation. And um, just the value of girls. There was reported 15,000 rapes last year in, in C- Congo Brazzaville. Children are abducted and, and sold into uh, child sacrifice by witch doctors. Just, just crazy stuff that, that uh, witch doctors do to people sacrifice a child to get favor in their business. And it's, it's just stuff that's crazy that I, I don't even understand. And um, um it says on the side up there fifty nine fifty-nine percent popu- of the population is below, is below the age of twenty-four. And forty-one percent is below the age of fourteen. So that that's, that's a lot of kids. That's all I have. Thank you, Jordan. So so really
0: Congo is a the cool thing is the Holy Spirit's being poured out in, the, in Congo, okay? Missionaries have gone before they planted the seed, and it's it's really a time of, of reaping what other people have planted. I mean, people are coming to know God in, in, in exponential ways, and it's a cool time. You know, a, a population of 4.5, Six million, forty-one percent of the population is below the age of fourteen. Uh, it's a huge opportunity to to impact kids. And as a father, as a father, kids are extremely important. I mean, we used to work with a couple outreaches in Jefferson City to some of the housing projects, and and as we worked with those kids, those kids that really don't have parents, you know, or, or fathers in the home, uh, like. Our kids do. I learned that they just wanted to be held. They just wanted to be hugged. They just wanted someone to say, you look nice, you look beautiful. Give them some sense of of value. And to realize and to uh, to believe that in Brazzaville Congo there's 11,000 kids that live out on the streets that are below the age of 14 that don't have uh, parents or or family to give them that sense of value to tuck them in at night you know to uh, provide for them to give them food to provide health care I think to myself as a as a father man that is wrong. As a parent, that is wrong. Every child should have that sense of security, that sense of safety, to know that, know that there's a purpose in life. And I'm sold on the fact that the hope, their hope is in Christ. You guys believe that? 11,000 kids, and there's just us. There's just the Spencer family, uh, that's there working from the assemblies of God. How does that happen? How do you affect 11,000 kids? And really, that's the question. So I go back to my military experience. 25 years military, and that's what I think. That's how I I like to try to find the centers of influence. How do you affect long-term 11,000 kids? Well, I'm sold that it's only through the church. Only through planting of churches, seeing local people saved, partnering with them to plant a church with the purpose and vision of reaching the kids... That's how that happens. And then you partner with that church to plant another church with the purpose and vision of reaching the kids, providing homes for them, education, that tangible hope of Christ. And then partnering with that church to plant another church while these two churches are raising up local leaders to plant churches. See, it's not a quick strategy, I, I get it. But long term, we're talking about generational change that lasts longer than the Spencer's because the call, God's plan for the Congo, is far-reaching, far, uh, goes beyond the Spencer family. All we are, we're just vessels saying yes. That's it, that's it, that's all we are. We're just saying yes to God. And it's as simple as that. Planning churches, seeing kids saved, seeing people saved with the purpose and vision of reaching the kids. That's what it's all about. See, how many of you believe that God has a purpose for all eleven thousand of those orphans living on on the streets? It, it's true. See, I'm sold on that fact. even though God may have not intended them to be born into that situation, he has a purpose for their lives. And then if you believe that He has a purpose for their lives, then you have to believe that He's going to empower them to achieve that purpose. And that's what it's all about. And for it to affect His plan. And it's true for us today. God has got a purpose for all of our lives. All of our lives. It took me 30 years to figure that out. Okay, I'm a little slow. I told you I was in the Marine Corps. Any, any of you gentlemen in the Marine Corps? Okay. All right. All right. Thirty years it took me a little bit, a little bit of time to figure that out. I figured I had a purpose for my life. Eric had a purpose for his life. I didn't want to accept what God's purpose for my life was. Let's take a look at that. In Psalms one thirty nine thirteen, it says, "For you created me in my innermost being; you knit me together in my mother's womb." In Ephesians two ten, it says, "For we are Christ or God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works." Which what? He prepared in advance for us to do. So, not only did God know you before you were born, which He did, He knew everything about your life, everything about the lives of these orphans, but He prepared in advance for you to do a work. It's biblical, guys. It's biblical. Alright? It took me 30 years to figure it out. Okay? But here it is. He prepared Good works for us to do in advance. Our lives have purpose. Our lives have purpose. So, okay, who, let's take a look at this real quick. Let's let's think about this. Old Testament. Someone, Amy, you got a gift? Can we give away, Pastor? Can we give away gifts in the church? All right. So, we're going to give away something. Finish this sentence. First one, below the age of twenty. Okay, to finish this sentence. Okay. So David was known as a man after... Finish it. I should have said raise your hand. I don't know if I got that many gifts. (laughs) All right, you guys go see Amy after the service and she'll hook you up. A man after God's own heart, right? So David, all right, I figured it out one time. Best guess, out of the Ten Commandments, he broke six of the Ten Commandments. Broke six of the Ten Commandments, yet he was the lineage of Jesus. David was, was the man of the Old Testament. Am I right? Okay. But he broke six of the Ten Commandments. How does that work? How does that work? Let's take a look at this real quick. So I'm reading it at Acts, right? In Acts 13.22, After removing Saul, he made David their king, and God testified concerning him. I found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. And he was willing to do everything that I want him to do. Purpose. Willing to do everything I want him to do. I mean, we all know that David was a man after God's own heart, but here I'm reading Acts, I'm like, oh, well, here's how he was a man after God's own heart. He was willing to do everything that God wanted him to do. How cool is that? In Acts 13.36, a couple verses down, it says, For David served the purpose of God in his own generation. So my goal now is to say that Eric served the purpose of God in his own generation. Put your name in there. Put your name in there. Amy, where's my other Eric at? You know, yeah. will we'll serve the purpose of God in our own generation. Doug served the purpose of God in his own generation. Put your name in there. How powerful is that? So if God has got a purpose for our lives... It only makes sense that He's going to empower us to achieve that purpose, right? You think God makes any of us to be losers? He doesn't. He's already given us the victory. not going to say it's going to be easy. It's not a, you know, a, a road paved with gold. But he's, not, he's got a purpose for our life. but He empowers us to achieve that purpose. Let's take a look at this. In 1 Peter 4, 10 11, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Each of you has received a gift as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. In Zechariah it says, God will not place you in a position or ask you to accomplish a task in which He is not fully equipped and enabled you to do. Piece of cake, right? Piece of cake. It's all right there. Okay, so going back to my days in the military, you know, I'm not the brightest guy, but I could, you know, take the Bible for what it says at face value, right? God will not put you in any position which He has not fully equipped or gifted you to overcome. And it's cool when you step out on God and you test the Word of God and you see Him come through. Okay, so before we proceed, I want to define the church, okay? Because uh, I think in teams, okay, kind of like military platoons, company, battalions, and how God puts everyone and He trains them up to achieve a purpose or to achieve a mission. Okay, so let me let me redefine the church here. The church is a body of Christ, a collective group of uniquely blessed and skilled believers with different characteristics and traits. You guys buy that so far? All different, all gifted, okay? United together underneath the power of the Holy Spirit with a common purpose and vision. So that's what I wanted to find the church, and I'll read it again. A collective group of uniquely blessed and skilled believers with different characteristics and traits. We're not all the same, okay? United together underneath the power of the Holy Spirit with a common purpose and vision. Like I said, the church in Congo, the churches I want to plant, the churches that God has placed within me, common purpose and vision of reaching the kids. But uniquely blessed believers with different characteristics and traits. Let's take a look at this. Because I believe that the church is the key. The church is the key. In Romans 12, 4 through 8, it says... um, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and all these members do not all have the same function, right? We're all different. So it is with Christ, though many, though many form one body, and each of the members belongs to the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead. Do so diligently. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. See, the cool thing is, is that the church is the body of Christ. And we're all different. Okay? And I think sometimes we forget to celebrate the diversity of the body of Christ. Okay? We look and we say, oh, yeah, they're different. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, 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 a tangible, ing- I like to get my hands greasy, right? I don't like to do needlepoint or crochet or bake things, okay? I'd rather get my hands dirty. I'd rather be tearing, you know, a head off of a vehicle and trying to figure out what's wrong and and, and doing something tangibly, okay? You won't catch me in the kitchen baking, okay? But I sure do like to eat whatever's baked. Does that make sense? All right? Okay? So, you see how this all kind of all works together? I don't like to bake, but I sure like to eat what comes out of the oven. Okay? All right? But we all have different gifts, and sometimes we don't celebrate the diversity of the gifts that are within the church. Okay? So, I've never been here before, Pastor, but here's what I like to do is I like to just take a moment, have you guys look around and take a look at each other and look at the way that God has uniquely blessed and gifted each and every one of you. Okay? because the reality is is we are the body of Christ and it is a beautiful thing when you realize the blessings that are within this body right here and how God has uniquely blessed each and every one of you to achieve the purpose and vision that He has for Life Church and it is awesome see we get a chance to go to different churches on a weekly basis, in each church that we go to, each worship service, each time we sing, everything that happens, it's its beautiful because it's almost like an individual fingerprint of God is on each and every body of believers. And I am impressed each and every time to see how the beauty of God's creation and the beauty of God's gifts and the spirit that is within each church and how God has got a different purpose and vision for each church. And it's a cool thing. It really is. It's beautiful. Take a look around for a second. Look at each other. You guys know each other. And look at look at how God's gifted each and every one of us. In First Corinthians chapter twelve it says, Just as a body though one has many parts, but all of its parts form one body, so it is in Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but many. But in fact, God had placed all the parts of the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. Just as He wanted them to be. You guys were all supposed to be here today. It says it right there. God put you here. It's part of the purpose that He has for your life. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. If you continue to read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, If we were all eyes, how could we hear? If we were all ears, how could we see? See, we're all different. And it's a beautiful thing when you look at it in that light, how God has blessed each and every one of us. It's cool. It's neat. So what does this look like? What's a plan look like? Well, the, the plan incorporates a church. See, I believe there's an internal plan and it's all about doing life together. How cool this is. Church is called life church, right? It's doing life together. We come alongside each other. When someone's sick, we pray for them. When someone loses someone, we, we bring them dinner. You know, we, we come alongside and we help each other out to do life together, to encourage each other. But I believe there's an external plan, and it's to reach out, and it's to reach out to our family, our friends, our workplace, our co-workers, the community, the world, the Great Commission says, go ye into all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. See, we're the Spencer family is just like the last five words, unto the uttermost parts of the earth, right? See, the reality is we're all missionaries. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, that's 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 the body. That's right here. That's Life Church. That's your family, the people that you work with. That's what that's all about. See, we all have a plan. All have a purpose. God empowers us all to achieve the purpose. We all have to reach out, right? And the cool thing is, is that as you, as you find your purpose in Christ, sharing the Word of God, inviting people to church, is an easy thing. Because you care. It's real. It's tangible. It's tangible. I want to show you a quick video See, we are the body of Christ. I mean, it was part of Jesus' plan for each and every one of us to find our purpose, to be empowered to achieve that His plan. And it's a beautiful thing when you think about it, that He loved us so much, so much, that He gave us a purpose, a purpose that only we could achieve, that only you can achieve. I mean, you think about it. Uh, you, God gifted you with a purpose that only you could achieve, that your husband Eric can't achieve. God gifted you young people with a purpose that only you could achieve, and he gifted you so that you could achieve that purpose. And only you can do it. Only you can do it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you think about it. He loved us so much that He gave us all a purpose and gifted us to achieve that purpose. So my challenge for you is to to dig into the Word of God. Meet with your pastor. Help to define what that purpose is for your life. Empower to achieve that purpose. We have... um, some information i'll I'll leave up here on the screen uh you know part of the reason why we're here is we want people to join our team prayer be involved with what we're doing so that we can be involved with what god's doing in your life join us on facebook sign up for our newsletter uh, and and let's do life together life church do life together get involved thank you pastor